<clears throat> All right. My name is Eli Khan, Principal Product Manager for AWS. Uh, really, really excited to be here. A little nervous, pretty big crowd. Uh, so thanks for coming. We also have a few other speakers today. Uh, Jack Baumkamp, who's our uh, Technical Project Manager. He'll be doing a demo. Uh, we have Dylan Shields, one of our lead devs. And then we have a couple special guests. A few of our partners are here and going to give uh, some use case talks. We have Rich Vorwaller from Symantec and Nalima Rastagi from Demisto. Cool. So I'll jump right in here. I'm here to talk about AWS Security Hub. I'm going to talk a little bit about the service, what it does, the benefits, uh, the rollout that we had yesterday. Uh, Jack's going to do a quick demo. We're going to talk about those partner use cases and then give you a heads up about how you can get started. Hopefully, we'll have a few, uh, a few minutes for questions at the end. But to jump into the service, I first want to set some context. Uh, this is, uh, folks may be familiar with this, this is the NIST cybersecurity framework. And this is really how AWS security thinks about our security services and how we organize them. Uh, the five-function framework begins with identify. This is about identifying your assets, identifying your risks. Uh, and identifying your assets and risks are, of course, the most important step to starting your security process. You need to understand what's in your organiza organization before you secure your organization. Uh, we have tools like Config and Systems Manager to help with that inventory of resources. Next, you have Protect. Uh, Protect is all about putting that hard outer shell around your people, your resources, your applications, and your data. Uh, we have services like WAF and Shield, KMS, IAM, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, and then next, we have Detect and Respond. Uh, in the detection piece, we have new services like GuardDuty, uh, probably a lot of folks know GuardDuty. It's become one of the fastest growing services in AWS. Uh, but before we get to respond, there's actually two different ways you can get to respond. This is an AWS addition to the NIST cybersecurity framework. Uh, in general, folks want to automate response as much as possible. Do that with Lambda functions, do that with step functions. Uh, but there's usually some security issues and compliance issues left over that need a human touch, some human review. Uh, so we provide investigation services like CloudTrail and CloudWatch to help with that. Uh, lastly, recover. Uh, recovery in AWS is a lot easier than doing it on-prem. Uh, you know, while I was in government, you know, if we had an advanced intruder in our networks, usually you're throwing away hardware, you're burning down networks. In AWS, you're simply reverting to snapshots and golden images and can recover much, much, much more quickly. All right. So with that, with context, uh, why do we build AWS Security Hub? Uh, there are really four problems that AWS Security Hub addresses. Uh, the first one is that many customers uh, that are adopting AWS have various compliance requirements, either internal uh, requirements or external regulatory requirements, and we want to make it easier for them to meet them. Um, Oftentimes, as new companies are adopting cloud for the first time, really they want to make sure that they're setting up their environments correctly, and compliance checks can really help with that. Uh, secondly, and the second problem actually isn't an AWS unique problem. This is probably uh, applicable to any security organization, whether you're using AWS or not. But typically, you have dozens of different security tools. Those security tools need to be integrated. Uh, oftentimes, you're spending hundreds, even thousands of hours parsing and normalizing data to get into a common format so that you can do search and analysis on it. Thirdly, 
Uh, we have customers that have only a few different security alerts that they have to deal with a day. We have customers that are dealing with tens of thousands of security alerts per day. Obviously, as you get to those higher numbers, uh, it's much more than what a human can, can process. So you need tools to better prioritize those and really understand what are the most important security and compliance issues that you need to address. And then lastly, uh, customers want that coveted single pane of glass for security and compliance issues. They want one place they can go to each day to better understand their security and compliance state. And this is, this is why we built Security Hub. Uh, so Security Hub, it really begins with a simple and easy getting started process. Uh, really with just a couple of clicks, you get started and we start ingesting data, we start conducting compliance checks, uh, and it's actually the same setup and start process as guard duty for folks that are familiar with that. Once you have turned on Security Hub with those few clicks, uh, we start ingesting data. Uh, we've done fully automated integrations with our core security services like Guard Duty, Macy, and Inspector. And we've integrated with 29 additional partner products for this, uh, for this initial launch. Now, all those different security services, both ours and partners, have normalized their data into a common format, which we call the AWS Finding Format. This means that you can simply turn on the service, turn on any of the partner integrations, and all that data is ready for analysis from the get-go. No parsing or normalization needed. Huge pain point that we've solved with Security Hub. Uh, we've also developed these lightweight correlation rules called insights that allow you to correlate different types of alerts and security issues together uh, to identify which of your resources are most problematic and which ones you need to focus on remediation. Simultaneously, we're doing automated compliance checks. Uh, so we're running continuous compliance checks in the background and also producing new findings that flag uh, whether there are account level issues that you need to remediate across any of the accounts that you've integrated with Security Hub. And then lastly, uh, we're not just a visualization tool. We help you close that loop and allow you to take action on those most important findings. Uh, we do this via CloudWatch events. And we've actually already released some integrations with incident management tools, uh, chat systems, and remediation platforms. So specifically, uh, yesterday morning, uh, Andy Jassy announced Security Hub coming out as public preview. Uh, what that means is that it's actually free for everyone. Uh, the only exception is there is a dependency on AWS config. So uh, if you're not running config yet, uh, you do need to turn that on. There's no charge for the config rules that we use for our compliance checks, uh, but there is an additional charge for config items if you're not already using config. Um, it's open to everyone, uh, no whitelisting or gating needed, and uh, we'll turn this into a generally available service once we iterate on some customer feedback from you all. There is full API, CLI, and SDK support. Uh, we're not gonna be doing any backwards breaking changes, so. Uh, you can go ahead and start using those today to build out any additional custom integrations. And we're, we're launching at a global scale. Uh, so we launched in 15 regions around the world yesterday. Uh, today, Security Hub is a multi-account single region service. Uh, so you do need to turn it on, in, uh, you need to have separate instances in each region. Uh, and in the future, we'll move this to a full multi-account, multi-region service. 
All right, so partner integrations. Uh, this is actually probably something I've, I'm most proud about this launch. Um, we really built a great community during this initial build-out process. We have 29 different partner integrations from 24 different companies. Uh, you can see that some of the uh, companies actually have built multiple integrations, like Splunk, Qualys, uh, Palo Alto, and uh, Checkpoint. Uh, all of these integrations are fully integrated with the AWS finding format. Uh, so when you turn on these integrations and these partners, they're pushing their data, already parsed and normalized into that AFF format. <clears throat> and you know, one of the things that I thought was really, really cool about this whole process uh, was these partners came together in a really amazing and inspirational manner. Uh, we were crashing hard as we were trying to hit the reInvent deadline. We actually didn't push the final code to partners until uh, November 16th. Uh, and over the course of a week, over Thanksgiving, all 29 of these product uh, integrations were finalized, completed, and fully validated uh, by AWS. Uh, most of them were demoed in customer environments. All the others were demoed in our own account. Um, and amazing thing happened as we were going through that final push. Uh, we set up a Slack channel so partners could ask questions to us uh, about the technical integrations. And partners actually started helping each other. There was really no economic incentive for partners to help each other. Uh, but you know, I think it really reflected what we're trying to do with this product and establish a community. And there was a level of kindness and empathy and generosity that you don't, probably don't see enough inside the security community. And uh, I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to flag that. All right, so in reality, uh, every partner on here deserves a slide. Uh, probably need a whole separate conference to go through all 29 of these integrations. Uh, so I'm going to flag a few here uh, with apologies to everyone else. But uh, these three that I'm going to flag next, I think, are, are particularly interesting and worth, uh, worth a notation. Uh, first, CrowdStrike. Uh, so CrowdStrike has built a Python app that deploys into, uh, into your environment. Uh, that Python app collects uh, findings from all of the instances where the CrowdStrike agent is deployed. It uh, takes those findings, translates them into the AWS finding format. And then they do this really cool process where they actually query the AWS API, further enrich those findings, and then transfer them into the AWS Security Hub with that initial enriched information. Uh, they have a CloudFormation template uh, where you can get up and running with this integration in under 15 minutes. <clears throat> Next, Alert Logic. Alert Logic is an MSSP. Uh, the thing that I really love about the Alert Logic integration is that they do an amazing job of reducing the customer noise or reducing the noise around security findings and, and security alerts. What they do is that they take findings from all your different security tools, uh, and then they do additional processing and analysis on those findings, and then they only push to Security Hub the confirmed findings that are issues, the true positives and the incidents that they have confirmed indeed need your attention. So they do a great job of reducing the noise and then pushing to Security Hub only the truly important things. Uh, their integration, as soon as you click subscribe in the AWS provider page uh, within the Security Hub console, 
automatically you'll start pushing findings to Secure Hub from Alert Logic. Uh, last partner example, Armor, another MSSP. Uh, the thing that I love about the Armor integration is how easy and simple it is to get started. Uh, they have a toggle switch in their UI. Flip that toggle and all the permissions, cross-account roles are put in place and you're automatically integrated with AWS Security Hub. And then they actually have additional capability where you can select the specific data sets that you want to push the Security Hub, uh, which gives the user some finer grain control of what exactly they want to see in their dashboards. All right, so next I'm gonna jump into a quick run through of some of the core features of AWS Security Hub. Uh, first, the multi-account setup. Uh, so for folks that are familiar with GuardDuty, this will look very, very similar. In fact, it is uh, essentially the same code and the process for multi-account setup is that you identify whether you want to designate an account as the master account, and then you're able to invite member accounts to that master. Uh, you simply upload a CSV file of account numbers and email addresses associated with that account, or you can manually type them in, and all of those member accounts will then get invitation to join you as a master. Uh, once they hit accept, that master account will see all of the findings, the security and compliance findings for all those member accounts. So we're doing this multi-account roll-up, so as the master account, you can really see everything across all your accounts. Uh, member accounts will only be able to see their findings, their own findings inside their own account. All right, next, compliance checks. So the first compliance module that we've rolled out is the Center for Internet Security, AWS Foundations Benchmark. Uh, this consists of 43 fully automated continuous compliance checks, uh, and these are looking for account level configuration issues, uh, whether you have proper password policies in place, whether you've configured CloudTrail correctly, uh, whether you're rotating your keys, whether you're uh, using your root account properly. Uh, so these are continuously running in the background, uh, and we do a nice job of rolling these up into dashboard widgets so that you can quickly see which of those 43 rules have a compliant versus non-compliant status. Uh, if any of the rules have a single failed or warning uh, status across any of the accounts, uh, that entire rule comes back as failed. Or, I'm sorry, that entire rule comes back as non-compliant. <clears throat> Next, insights. So insights are those lightweight correlation rules. Uh, we've prepackaged the system with over 25 insights. Uh, and I have a really, really simple example here. Uh, this insight, uh, you can see the definition of it in the filter here. It's simply looking for um, current findings or active findings, and then it's doing an aggregation by AMI name. So what this allows you to do is quickly see which AMIs are most problematic, you know, which ones have the most uh, security and compliance findings associated with it. But this can really also just be a starting point. Uh, you can easily add additional filters. As an example, you might want to add additional filters uh, to look at AMIs that are in your production environments and narrow it down to that. Uh, you can also uh, do AND statements. So if you want to see AMIs that have vulnerabilities 
and suspicious behaviors, uh, such as tactics, techniques, and procedures associated with cyber adversaries. You can build filters like that. And as you can see, you don't have to learn new query language for this. Uh, this can all be done visually. It can also be done programmatically through our API. But it's really designed for an analyst to get started real quick. And we're giving folks a number of starting points to do so. Uh, we roll up a number of these insights into a summary dashboard. Uh, so line charts, stack bar charts, bar charts, et cetera, to help an analyst un understand you know, what are the things they need to focus on each day. All right, uh, we're not just a visualization tool. Uh, so we are also uh, helping you close the loop and take action on those high priority, high severity compliance and security issues. We do this via CloudWatch events. Uh, and this is highly configurable. We have uh, uh, some sample code for integrations with tools like PagerDuty and Slack, uh, sending to email via SNS. Uh, but you can very easily create your own custom actions. Uh, but as an analyst, as I'm going through my process of alert triage and figuring out what are the security compliance findings that I need to pay attention to, I may identify one, and then I can flag that one and send it out for action, send it out to a ticketing system, to a chat system, to a remediation platform, et cetera. When I take that action, that finding or collection of findings is emitted from the Security Hub tool as a CloudWatch event. It's decorated with a custom action ID. And then there would be a corresponding rule in CloudWatch events in the CloudWatch console that picks up that custom action ID and matches it to the rule and sends it to a designated target. Uh, that target is usually either a Lambda function or a step function. Uh, that Lambda function may chop up that data a little bit further and then push it to its final destination which could be Slack, could be Jira, PagerDuty. Could also be AWS Arrow. Um, this is a really cool professional service offering if folks haven't heard, heard about it. Uh, there are 25 different remediation packages uh, that, uh, and we'll actually showcase a few of those in the demo. All right, speaking of which, I'll turn it over to Jack. All right, that works. Okay, so as, as Eli said, we had a, have a summary page. Here's an example of the summary page. So I'll just tell you a little bit about the setup we've got here and you know, a little bit about what I'm gonna walk through. So the, the setup here, I've got seven uh, member accounts in my master account, so all of them are feeding findings in from um, a number of services. I have, for example, Macy, GuardDuty, and um, Inspector turned on in some of the member accounts. I've got the CIS rules that Eli uh, referred to turned on in some of the accounts. And then also we've got some partner integrations that I, where they've been sending us findings. Additionally, um, Eli didn't, didn't mention this, but we, you can generate your own findings. If you follow the format, you can in, import findings on your own uh, as long as you adhere to that format. And so you can decorate them the way that you might want to decorate them. So here, here there's a, like, like Eli mentioned, we have some default insights, and so this dashboard up here uh, highlights those um, to, on your summary page. And then we've got some status about the, some of the providers, again, internal services. Um, here's that, dash, uh, that uh, summary um, widget that Eli was mentioning in terms of the, um, uh, the CIS benchmark. You can see that the accounts that I've got here in our demo aren't doing so hot. And um, down here, we've got those dashboard items of, of 
where, when the findings are coming in over time and, and, and some resource-based breakdowns. Uh, here's that example of maybe AMIs and some over instances and, and over uh, various accounts. So I can zoom in on the ones that have the most issues. The, the, if you're a member account, everything looks the same. Of course, it's just for your member account, though. You don't get the, uh, the cross-account view. So let's just take dig into this a little bit. I'll, I'll look at a, uh, uh, an instance example. So I, I, you can, as, as Eli noted, we've got a bunch of these um, filter chips and a, and a group by statement. So I can see these are all the instances I have. Some of them are, are simulated that have, that have issues. I, I can uh, use either the, the items on the, the right, the, some of these, these, um, these graphs to dig it a little bit farther. For example, I just chose on the, uh, the master account, so now I'm just seeing the issues associated with the master account instances. And then further drill into um, maybe one of the instances. So I can see if this particular instance has issues associated with inspector. And I can bring that up here and see some of the summary data of, of um, this particular inspector finding. And I can even get into the details of the finding format. This is that, that uh, AWS finding format that Eli mentioned. And I can see, so, you know, we, not in this example, but in, when we have a, our instances tagged, that will come through from Inspector, for example, and some details about, um, you know, the, not only the image, but the VPC and the subnet. And so it's decorated with some of the information that Inspector has natively. Same with GuardDuty, et cetera. So in, in this case, I've got, um, some of these, uh, some instances running in my EC2 console. And so if I wanted to take an action on this, this particular finding, I've got this, this action um, button, and uh, it comes, it comes pre-built with archive, so you can archive your findings if you, if you, if you don't need them anymore. But so these other ones are these custom actions that, that Eli annotated, so I uh, noted about. So if I choose one of these, it will emit that CloudWatch event um, notification, and, uh, and I've got this one set up through Arrow to, to route to uh, Lambda. So we'll look, look back in a moment, and, uh, and hopefully it all works. Um, in the meantime, I'm gonna show you the standards, guys. So this is the, the CS standards. So I've got all those 43 rules that are, that, that are automated in, in, on the page here, and I can dig into a couple of them. I can see some that I've got some of the accounts in my environment are failing, and others, they're, they're passing quite fine, and I can dig into it and say, oh, you know, one or two accounts, I better uh, talk to the owners of those accounts because they're not uh, adhering to the, the, the benchmark here and I wouldn't wanna take action on them or take action on that to make sure they follow the process. So I, we, we talked about uh, sort of the inside view, those are the pre-safe filters, but I can look at all the findings I've got in my environment and I can add, add you know, group by statements or filters to see what they're looking, what, what, um, to dig through them all. So for example, I, in, in this particular uh, view, I can see which of, the, which of our internal products and partner products are providing us, providing us findings in, in this account. So it's quite a few, and I can dig into those if I want to see more information, for example. Um, and then in the settings page, uh, Eli again noted the, the custom actions, and this is where I can add new actions. So I've got an example of sending to SNS, or, and here's that, that custom ARN that I would use to trigger a CloudWatch event rule, and then uh, have, a, have a target downstream like Lambda or whatnot. Finally, let's see how our, uh, our uh, well, it looks like that worked. So our, our, we, we emitted that, that uh, CloudWatch event and sent it to Arrow. Arrow terminated my instance. You know, if I had, a, for example, a Bitcoin mining, I want to do it like immediately, that would be a way I might want choose, to, choose, to, choose to do that. 
Okay, well, that's, 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 uh, that's just a quick overview of, 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 of the product. Obviously, you can try it yourself for free and uh, you know, provide some feedback. Okay. Uh, so next, wanted to jump into some more details on specific partner and customer use cases. Uh, so uh, before the public preview started, we did a, a number of uh, weeks of testing, months of testing, with a, a number of companies that agreed to participate in our private beta. This is a, a subset of them, uh, so you know, a really good diverse group of folks in terms of company size and industry types. Uh, and we met with these folks on an every other week basis to collect feedback and try to hone and sharpen some of the features that you're seeing today. I'd like to next turn it over to one of our special guests, Rich Vorwaller from Symantec, who's going to talk about one of the use cases and the testing that they did specifically with LifeLock. Thanks, Eli. Um, so thank you. Appreciate the time being here. My name is uh, Rich Forwell. I'm a uh, product manager over a, uh, a product we call Cloud Workload Protection, or CWP. It, it's a product we've developed to kind of uh, protect workloads in the cloud. I, I won't get too uh, much into it, but I do want to kind of set a baseline of what we do because it's, it's relevant in this use case. So we'd been working with the team at LifeLock for, I want to say, over a year. And we were looking at how do we better integrate our product with uh, some of the Amazon security services. Um, and I really, felt, I really felt bad for the team. I think some of the team members are in here, so I'm going to send you some chocolates for Christmas. Um, but the, the, the scenario was kind of walking left to right here was they were using guard duty. And they were using guard duty as kind of like, I, I describe it as a canary. They were using guard duty to uh, identify kind of suspicious behavior. But because of the industry that LifeLock was in, they had to be 100% sure that anything suspicious didn't mean a compromise. So um, the findings that they were getting a lot of uh, were the, the port scans and the brute force uh, login attempts. And so what the process was is GuardDuty would kick off a finding to them. They'd take that to their log aggregation service. And the volume of that, those types of findings were just so large that they literally had to dedicate time to go in and do some investigation on, OK, does this mean anything? What, is this, what does this mean? So the scenario would be they'd get a finding, they'd go to their log aggregation, they would log in to CWP, my product, and they were using CWP mostly from a file integrity monitoring uh, uh, use case. So they would correlate those events and they would look at that. And if that was okay, like if, if they went in there and they looked at those events and they're like, yeah, this doesn't look like it compromised anything, they'd kind of sign off on that. But if there, if there was inadequate information there or there was something suspicious, they would have to kind of pass this over to a remediation step. And all of this was manual. And this is why these guys hate me and I owe them boxes of chocolates. So they would pass this over to a, a manual process and they would execute like scans um, or some of the further analysis that we would do. And then if that went away, again, they said, okay, we're good to go. Um, we can go ahead and close this case. But it would be a process of back and forth until they kind of get, got to a level of where 
the findings had either stopped or that they had sufficient data that this didn't mean anything. So we were actually down a development path to fix this, and we were looking at, you know, how do we better integrate with guard duty? When Eli's team uh, called out to us and said, hey, we're, we're looking at launching a service. It'll be a central point uh, for all security events in AWS. It'll have this uh, format that you can follow. And I literally felt like reaching through the chime telephone and kissing him on his bearded, chiseled face. It was just like, that's awesome. I'm on. So this is the kind of process that we went uh, from there. So what we did was we continued with guard duty. They continued to use that, and it's still kind of a canary service for them. Um, the, the turning on AWS Security Hub, just like Eli mentioned, it's, it's very, very easy. It's a click of the button, and those would automatically take their findings and put that to the Security Hub. Uh, guard duty is still emitting the CloudWatch events, so what we did was generate a very simple Lambda function that was looking for those two specific findings that they had, the, the port scanning and the brute force attacks. Once we do that, depending on the volume, that would kick off a process to CWP to do one of two things. It would either take events around that time frame associated to those instances and put those back to uh, the security hub so they could correlate that, or it would actually start to uh, execute automatically some of those uh, steps. So if again, if it got up to a volume that was, hey, something needs to happen, it would execute some scans, it would execute some of the quarantine of files, and again, post those results in there. So we don't have a screenshot to show you, but in, in the session that we did, we'll actually sh we, we're actually able to see a, here was a port scan, and then here were the events from CWP, and now they have a much central automated way uh, to do that. Now, this is just the beginning for us. We really want to expand this uh, quite a bit more, and we're looking for some uh, use cases from our customers. So if any of you guys have feedback on what you'd like us to do, we're really uh, eager to hear that. But again, this was able to take kind of a process of where things were manual, and it was taking quite a time-consuming process where they could reduce that volume and get it to an automatic state. So that's it. Eli. All right, uh, next I'd like to uh, introduce Nalima Rustagi from Demisto, and she's gonna talk about the integration that they did with the Pokemon company. Thank you, Eli. Um, hi guys, my name is Nalima, and I run products for Demisto. Uh, a little bit about Demisto, what do we do? Um, so we basically orchestrate and automate security playbooks uh, by basically hooking all the products together. What do playbooks help you with? They help you re uh, respond to uh, growing alerts, um, which also help you with not, uh, having a consistent process, and in terms, uh, in return, lets you get control of your risk, right? So you have, imagine you have, if you have a process, you can lay it out on the, in a playbook and kind of run it again and again. We integrate with about 200 plus security products, uh, most of the well-known SIMs, endpoints, network, and of course the AWS uh, products as well. So the picture that Eli showed in the NIST, uh, like initially in, the, in, in his session, we integrate with almost all those AWS services, close to 15 plus. So we can literally, um, we call it keyless automation, we can actually imitate roles. Using that, we can pull in information from Security Hub and Guard Duty, and then respond to almost uh, all the other AWS uh, um, services using like EC2, uh, et cetera, right? 
So here is an example of a playbook that we built for Pokemon. So imagine if you're getting the findings from Security Hub, you would basically get the findings. You can look at the JSON that Jack showed, uh, which actually is the first step of that playbook. You can open the Jira ticket on the left, and uh, as the findings are coming in into the product, these playbooks actually run automatically, right? So there is a process, and we are going through that automatically without uh, anyone having to come inside. So we are opening a Jira ticket on the left, and then in parallel, we are going and checking what the security settings or the EC2 instance, bringing it down using the EC2 service. Um, on the right-hand side, the same findings can be used to parse out all the indicators for it. And if you're using enrichment services like VirusTotal or if you're using Shodan or any other services, you can actually enrich all the indicators that came in through the findings on the right-hand side and uh, take similar actions on your on-prem assets as well, right? So on-prem uh, security products that might be deployed, the same uh, indicators can be used to actually enrich and take action on those. So the other thing that you can also do is, um, as Eli mentioned, if, you if you're deploying security hubs in different instances or uh, in your different uh, um, geos, you can actually integrate all of them in one of the Demistro instances and run the same playbook on all of these. Um, Pokemon pl plans to basically use our product, and it's a, it's a very interesting story, very similar to what um, Rich told. The Pokemon was uh, trying out Demisto, and at that time Eli reached out, and we asked Pokemon would they be willing to kind of partner with us. Uh, we got an excellent response in the last three weeks. Uh, Pokemon team worked with us uh, like on a daily basis, uh, probably two to three hours every day to actually get the findings in and then actually put them in Demisto and work with the playbooks. Uh, we are starting with the non uh, for, with the compliance um, findings, but they plan to use this for revoking access, uh, putting down instances which are not compliant, and essentially responding to all the alerts automatically using the playbooks. Thank you. Okay, one other uh, integration that I'd like to mention, uh, this is a, another interesting one. So in addition to all those partner uh, and third-party vendor product integrations that we've done, uh, you can also integrate with open source solutions or your own solutions. Um, we have the ability, every, for every new deployment, we also create what we call a private product ARN, which you can do, use for your own custom integrations. And uh, we worked with the Capital One team, who is the sponsor of the open source cloud custodian tool, which is a, an open source cloud compliance checking tool. And uh, they built out a full integration using that private product ARN. Uh, and so similar to all the other commercial products, you can take this open source product and run the findings through Security Hub. Uh, we actually just published a blog on this today uh, so please do check that out. That walks through in, in detail uh, how to set up the cloud custodian integration. Uh, special thanks to the Capital One folks who helped us with that and, and our AWS SA, David Filatrot, uh, who built out that integration. 
All right. So in terms of next steps, I want to leave you all with some key takeaways here before, and we'll take questions at the end here too. So um, if folks have questions, we'll take them at that mic there. Um, but you know, the goal of AWS Security Hub, hopefully as you've seen here today, is really to give you that understanding of your security and compliance posture or state inside AWS. And we do that by those automated uh, compliance checks that we're doing, the first one being CIS. We'll roll out a number of additional compliance modules over time, uh, so stay tuned for that. And then we're also doing it by collecting all of your security findings from your AWS and partner security tools, aggregating them into that common AWS finding format, and then correlating them and prioritizing them via uh, insights. <clears throat> so, what, what next? Uh, please go and try out the preview. Uh, literally a couple of clicks and you'll get going. Uh, if there are partners in the audience that want to become an AWS Security product partner, reach out to us uh, and we'll get you integrated. And then uh, we have uh, our website with additional information. It lists all those partners that are on that slide there earlier and also our documentation. With that, thank you very much. And yeah, we'd love to take some questions. Try it. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's working. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Uh, so, as far as uh, configuring the master member, you know, configuration multi-account with uh, Guard Duty, you can via CLI. There's a flag to just do a silent invite. Yep. So, you know, from the security team, I have cross-account access set up, and I basically just deployed it into all of these, you know, our 40-plus accounts without having to spam, you know, the account owners. Is there right. a similar option for this? Yes. Yes, it's it's, right. it, it, it's just like that that option in Guard Duty, uh, probably probably identical commands, okay. just with the Security Hub CLI. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. So, two questions. Number one, uh, what are the next modules that you'll be focusing on? I know you didn't really say. Yeah. And maybe that was for a reason. But, uh, <laughs> and number two, how do you guys handle exceptions within the compliance modules? It, can you do it from like a top down, like an AWS orgs, or is it going to be more account specific? Uh, so on the first piece, you know, we really want to hear from, from you all as to which ones are most important. Uh, the ones that we've been hearing from our beta customers that are most important, uh, which are currently you know, in the lead, are uh, a sort of more general purpose AWS best practices module that we author. Um, they, folks want to hear from us what we think are the best practices, so that's been high on the list. Um, we've also heard from customers and beta participants that they want the ability to configure and write their own compliance rules. Um, so that's high on the list. And then in terms of additional regulatory standards, uh, the top ones that we've heard are uh, PCI, HIPAA, NIST 800-53. Uh, so those are, those are the ones that are most prominent, but you know, if there are other ones, we, we want to we hear from you. SOC 2. SOC 2, cool, okay. Um, oh, and the, the second question, the, the exceptions. Um, so, you know, right now you can just archive findings. Uh, so if there are certain findings that you don't want to see, you archive them. 
Uh, what we'll be adding in the future is the ability to dismiss findings, which means that you never see them, those findings again for that particular account or that particular resource. Uh, but that's a, a little bit of a, a roadmap item. Yep. Right. Um, so I want to add about um, the features on the exceptions. A lot of those findings, uh, exceptions, a lot of times not just on the resource itself, but like their specific business rule. Mm. So that probably would, we would probably need that, I think. Yeah. Um, my question is more about um, other than um, the AWS config, is that any other um, kind of service requirement that we have to use? For example, like inspectors and Guard duties and no, I mean with uh, with inspector and guard duty and Macy, uh, the integrations are with those are automatic. You actually, if you have those running in that account, you literally don't need to do anything. We'll just pull those findings in. You can stop sending findings if for some reason you want to from any of those services. Uh, but yeah, no other dependencies. And you know the config dependency is a partial dependency. It's we have dependency for a number of our compliance checks on config. Uh, but no dependency on the alert aggregation and insight creation. Actually, uh, I also want to ask, is the um, um, config brew part of going to be where we put the new standard in? Uh, so we've authored a number of new managed config rules, uh, 13 of them, to power a number of our compliance checks. Uh, you don't, we don't charge for those, so uh, you don't get charged for those config rules that we use under the covers to power our compliance checks, but they are full managed config rules under the covers. Hi there. A uh, question about the code that actually is running on those uh, instances and applications. So we have lambdas, code commit, code deploy. Um, so any plans to get into this direction, like get vulnerabilities out of actual code base that is running on? Yeah, so this is a, we haven't integrated, and you might have noticed that in the uh, partner matrix slide. We haven't yet integrated yet with any of the um, application security companies that are doing static or dynamic analysis, uh, but that's really one of the next waves of companies that I want to integrate with, uh, and we'll probably extend the AWS finding format to have a specific AppSec module within it. So this is something that you know, I'm very interested in, but it's, it's not really a major focus of the current preview. And any timeline on that? Uh, it, honestly, it'll be dependent on the feedback we hear, how important it is to you all. So, uh, yeah, please let uh, your, your TAM, your account manager know that that is something you want to see. Uh, I would say, though, that the AWS finding format in general is quite flexible. So there's nothing preventing a vendor or yourself from pushing findings uh, from AppSec-type tools into it. It's just that we haven't, you know, sort of promoted it as a first-level uh, field inside the AFF. Okay, thank yeah. you. Hi, so uh, I understand that uh, the tool is uh, multi-region, uh, sorry, multi-account, uh, but it is per region. Correct. Whereas where I think of a hub, I think of sort of one ring to rule, rule them all, right? So, uh, and uh, admittedly, when you remediate, the automatization can be consolidated into probably one place. But um, are there any plans to make it uh, cross or multi-region? 100%. So, um, well, two things. One, we actually are doing some cross-region stuff today, but through our partners. So uh, partners are oftentimes pushing findings to us that are cross-region collections of findings from their customer. So we sort of have an indirect cross-regional capability from partners, um, but we don't natively support cross-region yet uh, with Macy Guard Duty Inspector findings. 
Um, you know, without getting into the details there, there's just some additional things that we need to do on the underlying DynamoDB database that we use. Uh, but that is very high on the, the, next, uh, the next steps list for product features. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, when are you going to roll out for GovCloud? Uh, so GovCloud is going to likely be the next region that we do. Um, there's, uh, it takes about 68 weeks of additional lead time to get into GovCloud. So, um, you know, we're thinking Q1 uh, will be GovCloud support. So we forward guard duty to a SIM. Can we do the same thing with Security Hub so that we don't have to parse like the, because we were going to parse the Macy format and it's, it's way different than yeah. guard duty. So it would be super awesome if we could just parse this one format in our SIM and be just done. Yeah, so we've done the parsing for you. We've mapped Macy, guard duty, inspector, plus all these uh, different partner findings into a common format. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, we've done integrations with three SIMs so far. Uh, IBM QRadar, Splunk Enterprise, and Sumo Logic. Um, and those integrations are designed to be bi-directional. Uh, so those SIMs can get findings in that parse normalized AFF format, AWS finding format. Um, and they should be able to push findings back into us. So if they have content uh, that's AWS related and you want those findings from the SIM in Security Hub, that can happen also. Does, does it write to CloudWatch events? So then we could actually just forward the alerts and let's say, for example, we wanted to use Aurora or, or I mean, Athena or something like that? So we have a get findings. It doesn't, uh, if you want to just dump all your findings out, uh, you would use a, our get findings API. So we would uh, just have a Lambda and poll or yeah, something? Yeah, correct. Okay, cool, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Any other questions? Cool, well, thanks a lot for coming. Really appreciate it.